Hello, my name is Sarah Sloan, and you're listening to The Sarah Sloan Show. Alrighty, everybody. Hope you're doing well. You know, punch a Putin or two. That's what I always do. I'm here with my father. We're going to discuss the news. And, you know, it's been interesting with this whole Ukraine, Russia, NATO, every country that's involved, you know, just seeing this happen. It's, it's, it's real, you know, it's a, it's something that we actually, you know, have to take seriously. Cause I think a lot of times we, we have things in our lives that are just, oh, this isn't going to affect us, but I feel like this one is going to affect us a little bit more. Um, and then I, I do have a lot of people that come up to me and they say, Sarah, I just don't understand what's happening. I don't understand the backstory. Can you please explain it to me? And, you know, I just, I send them this clip because it actually does explain it pretty well. So I'm going to play a short clip if you are having any trouble understanding the Ukraine-Russia conflict. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. And that's all you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) That's putting it in a nutshell. You know, and that was uh, spoken by our Vice President Kamala Harris. Does she teach history or civics or Her classes take science? three minutes. It, a whole <laughs> semester can be brought down into three minutes. So um, Ukraine is a country and so is Russia. And that's really all we need to know. <laughs> so hopefully that was uh, a good explanation for you. Um, okay, but in all seriousness, uh, it, it was interesting. Putin... He was uh, telling Ukraine to uh, stop fighting. And let's see. So I'm going to read a little bit from this uh, article on the Epoch Times. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin said that the invasion of Ukraine will only stop if Ukraine's military ceases hostilities and fulfills Russia's well-known requirement. The readiness of the Russian aid for dialogue with Ukrainian authorities and with foreign partners to resolve the conflict was confirmed. And that was the Kremlin quoting Putin. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Putin, he alleged, how do you say the very famous place in Ukraine that's been invaded? Kiev. Kiev. Uh-huh. It's K-Y-I-V. It seems so, like yeah. that's how they're saying it. I used to always think it was Kiev, but anyway. Kiev. Yeah. Okay, well, if, if you say it, then I'm going to say it that way. Um, I don't want a flashback of the uh, Belarus, <laughs> which I would like to say walrus <laughs> is similar. <laughs> so I was just going off of that. We don't say walrus. <laughs> uh, okay, but uh, yeah, it, Putin, he alleged that Kiev is stalling the negotiations process between the two countries and asserted that the suspicion of the special operation is possible only if Kiev ceases hostilities and fulfills Russia's well-known requirements. And this is the demilitarization of Ukraine. Um, so, yeah. Basically, surrender, <laughs> and if not, it's your fault. This whole war is caused by you, your refusal to surrender. If you just do what I say, things will go okay. 
<laughs> and that rhymed. But yeah, you're you're right. That that is really what it is. And um, okay, so let's see. I know that uh, they are. Vladimir Putin was basically saying that the sanctions that's a, that the West, you know, they're imposing that it's an that it's akin to a declaration of war. That's a quote from Putin. Um, the Russian forces, uh, they're sh- they were shelling near the first routes protected for Ukrainians to flee. Um, they they violated an hours old ceasefire, and there's even some U.S. military veterans that have travel. Uh, they're traveling to Ukraine to join the fight. Um, Vla- Wait, no, Zelensky, the mm-hmm. Ukrainian president, he's apparently giving weapons uh, to people that are willing to join, which that that is one thing I will say, you know, and I, I don't know where everybody's opinions are on this whole conflict and everything, but I think it is completely up to the right of the individual to make their own decision. Mm. If you as a U.S. citizen yourself want to go there and fight because you feel that passionate about it, by all means, go. You know, I think that's a completely mm-hmm. different thing than having the whole country be involved. And one thing that Glenn Beck was mentioning uh, that was pretty interesting is he was saying, we all have a price. The U.S. has a price in this. And the way that we know that is we are not willing to send U.S. troops over there. So already we have a price Mm. because Mm. of that simple fact. And so then from there, it's just what are we willing to do? What are we willing to do? But yeah, their lives, their lives do have a price for us. Mm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, once you put it that way, it always sounds a little different. It always Mm. sounds, it's like a little hard to say, but, but it is the truth. Yeah. You know, it seems like there's a consensus not to enter into armed conflict. Obviously that could lead to world war, nuclear war. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's just tremendous consequences from this whole thing. I think I read 1.5 million Ukrainian refugees, uh, you know, that have left and gone to these surrounding countries. Uh, boy, there's a huge need for aid for these people because uh, they're just leaving with whatever they can carry. And obviously those remaining in the Ukraine, terrible conditions, um, probably no utilities, all that infrastructure is down. You know, and not not that there's any uh, great wave of sympathy for Russia, but uh, things aren't so good there either. Their Mm -hmm. economy is collapsing, their currency, and, you know, yeah, you just hear they can't use credit cards. Um, How would that affect you if you couldn't use a credit card? Oh, yeah, I'd be done. And uh, probably other banking and transfers from other countries, all that, you know. So just for them to continue and, you know, they have a lot of poverty already and this is just going to make it worse. Just they're fighting for survival too. And unfortunately Russia is a country where um, there's probably very little safety net. And, and then you hear about 13,000 Russian citizens who protested being thrown into jail. And I don't think they're getting three warm meals a day. Doubtful. So there's just a great suffering caused by this conflict. If you just look at it very objectively, you know, Ukraine, all the refugees in Russia. um, Yeah, even all these places that are receiving the refugees, um, 
that creates a lot of uh, hardship and need. Um, obviously, very sympathetic. You know, everybody I think wants to help. Yes, yes, yeah, and it's. Uh Glenn Beck wasn't necessarily saying that we should help. He was just mentioning that we do have a price and, you know, to verbalize it that way. Um, but he he was saying, you know that Biden's trying to destroy our country by the simple fact that with the energy dependence and the fact that we are still, you know, mm. you know, buying um, mm. Russian oil and funding Putin. Um, if we just, if... If Biden wants to come out and say, well, just for now, we are going to start manufacturing oil um, in the U.S. just during this crisis. Mm -hmm. And then once this conflict is over, we will stop again. If he just did that, that would show that he actually doesn't want to destroy our country. But he's not doing Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And now there's even talks of buying oil from Iran, our best friends. That's true, and um, what did I see? I think there's even talks. Um, what about Venezuela? Oh yeah, uh, buying from them too. And and don't they have? Isn't that where? Isn't Putin pretty close with uh, the Venezuelan leaders, and he has some nuclear stuff there because it's pretty close to us. I that could well be, and I think that's an issue as to which side Venezuela is going to turn more toward. Um. You know, under Trump, there wouldn't have been a question. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> uh, the truth. They'd have no possibility of that. But you never know now. Maybe Venezuela is just weighing their options, which is a better deal. And that's an interesting part with all the sanctions. And, of course, we're not fully engaged in that because we're buying the oil still. Yeah. But to what degree can China and other communist friends uh, mask the effect of the sanctions? Hmm. You know, if you have uh, even Iran or different countries like that, um, if you have these other countries that you can at least still deal with and trade with, and, you know, you say, okay, well, we can't now with Europe, we can't now with uh, the West, um, but we still have these other neighbors that will deal with us. And so, therefore, you continue to have funding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and. Jen Psaki was answering questions from a journalist and she is just completely lying about why gas prices are increasing. And I know that every person listening to this podcast has noticed the increasing prices of gas. So I'll play the clip. Um, So President Biden has promised that there's going to be no American boots on the ground. Um, And he's also acknowledging that the war in Ukraine is going to impact pocketbooks. Um, we see, you know, especially with what happened last night with the um, nuclear facility in Ukraine, no sign of Putin stopping. And in fact, he's telling Macron that he's in this till the end. So I wonder what makes the administration confident that Americans are willing to, you know, pay for the price of Ukrainian liberty, um, especially if this is going to drag on for long. And then I have a separate question. Sure. Well, to be very clear, and I think you all heard the president convey this in his speech the other night, the reason why we are seeing volatility in the global oil markets, the reason why the price of gas is going up is not because of steps the president has taken. They are because President Putin is invading Ukraine, and that is creating a great deal of instability in the global marketplace. So what we are trying to do and what the president is focused on doing is taking every step we can to mitigate the impact of that. Obviously, he announced the release 
release of uh, more uh, oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, did that in a coordinated way. We have a range of options on the table we are considering. Uh, but where we are at in this uh, moment is certainly we are taking steps to stand up for democracy, stand up for democracy versus autocracy, stand up to the actions of a brutal dictator. Uh, but it is because of his actions that we are in this circumstance. Um, so uh, that's that's all there is you need. To <laughs> uh, the price of gasoline had been going up well before the start of the war <laughs> on February 24th. So that's just ridiculous as though people have a memory span of two weeks. And uh, yeah, you could argue that some of this additional increase is because of that. Mm -hmm. Th that is arguable. But to pretend that everything was fine prior to the war. Yeah, it, it really is amazing how stupid they think we are. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's getting into record highs. Mm -hmm. And we have the oil in the U.S. This could be fixed immediately. Are you going to tell me that anyone mm -hmm. would be slow to say, yes, I'll start manufacturing oil and making millions and millions of dollars? Mm -hmm. No one's going to say no to that in the U.S. You know, in all honesty... If of course we never could have, if we never skipped a beat from Trump, um, things would be a lot different today. In fact, the war probably never would have occurred. However, to get back to that doesn't happen on a dime. You can't shift mm -hmm. on a dime. To I don't know if it would be months before you would start to see some of the impact of that. And another thing you mentioned before about just doing it short term. You know, the way oil companies invest in these things and pipelines and so forth, they're not going to make an investment for three months mm. benefit. You know, so um, I'm not sure how that would work. You know, you can't say, well, we're going to let you produce oil, drill, baby, drill uh, for six months, and then we're going to cut it off again. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's really profitable for them. Uh, obviously, it would benefit our nation, but, you know, their expenses are... They, they need it to be spread over, you know, years, not, not months. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, but, but that's I, I, that's the issue right there. It, it really does show you this, this almost seems like it's on purpose. And, you know, I think we had mentioned in prior episodes, they had, uh, the Biden administration had been briefing China about the planned attack from Russia. And then China immediately goes and tells Russia what the U.S. was saying. Mm. That's either they are the dumbest people ever or they knew what they were doing. And I kind of have a feeling that they knew what they were doing mm -hmm. because I just I don't think they're that stupid. I really don't. So then it just seems like this is all a coordinated plan. And, yeah, I am getting into conspiracy theories uh, because it's right there in front of our faces. This is happening right now. It's mm -hmm. not like... This is something that, that we're looking back on. Well, we've heard all the stories about, you know, Biden is owing to the Russians. He's been paid. He's been bought. Mm. So why is he having such a hard time taking this step that there seems to be bipartisan support for? Well, he's trying to be faithful to his donor, his, uh, the one who paid his bribe. Yeah, that's our president for you. That would not have been the case under Trump. Mm -hmm. So uh, be careful who you vote for, as Kamala Harris was saying. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so let's go to the verse. It's going to be John 15, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love uh, has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Uh, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. it's so true. what, what, What greater love is there? And that's what Jesus did with us. He laid down his life for us, knowing the exactly what we were going to do, how we were going to live, live our lives. But then, good news, he was brought back to life again after the three days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we can walk free because of his ultimate sacrifice. That, that really is a test of true love is sacrifice. So... You know, we many times talk about love, not willing to lift a finger. And yet for his love, it was cost him a painful, excruciating death. And so obviously laying it down for us, he didn't deserve any of it. It was all us. So, and what did he purchase for it? He purchased our freedom, our salvation, our redemption. Yep, that's exactly it. Um, yeah, I'm just grateful that we have God, especially through all the bad things happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Who else do you go to? Um, all right. So I hope you guys did enjoy the show. And I hope you have a wonderful day. <laughs>